Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 68 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan, my name is Brandon. On this episode, I'm joined by Anne Erickson, who is making her triumphant return to Metallicast. On this episode, we talk about some of her latest projects, including hosting Audio Inc. Radio Podcast, as well as fronting Upon Wings, her band, who have a new single out right now. Check out the link in the episode description. Anne had a great idea to talk about Metallica merchandise, so in this episode we list some of our favorite and some of our least favorite items officially licensed by the band that you can find on the Met store. I am very interested in hearing some of your favorite and least favorite Metallica merchandise items. What do you like from the band? What do you dislike from the band? What do you own? What do you want to own? What is something Metallica related you would never, ever spend money on i'm curious to know let me know on social media at metallica spot on facebook twitter and instagram in the meantime let's hear from ann and i about our list of favorite and least favorite metallica merchandise here's my conversation with ann erickson My guest today is the host of Audio Inc. Radio Podcast. She is also the vocalist of Upon Wings, whose new single is out right now. Please welcome back to Metallicast, finally, her epic return, Anne Erickson. <laughs> Anne, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I love I've been waiting to come back. So thank you. Yeah, I've been waiting to have you back on. And it's just uh, it, the, the pro and con is that my schedule has been filled up with this podcast which is a great thing but then it's like i have like uh uh people who i also want to i'm eager to get back on as soon as possible and then i'm I'm sure you know what it's like with your own podcast and you have so many great guests on there as well right no i know what you mean sometimes it's hard to fit it all in um even when i take a week off from having a guest on, I feel weird about it, but you know, sometimes <laughs> life happens and everything, but you're right. Cause there's so many people you want to get on. And I know. so many people, by the way, heard me when I was on your podcast, a lot of people oh, awesome. tweeted at me and they're like, Oh, I heard you on the Metallicast and blah, blah, blah. So. Oh, that's so good to hear. And, uh, you know, it's always great having different people. That's why I love doing this podcast is just, the interaction with the fans and everybody associated with metal music who loves Metallica and who loves the style of music. Um, but I can relate to you too, because I, not too long ago. So in the early days of this podcast, when I had no clue what I was doing, all my episodes were like by myself and, uh, which presents like a different challenge than when you're just having a conversation with somebody. And, uh, so it's been a while since I've done an episode like that because, um, you know, I just like talking to everybody so much and having all these great guests on. And uh, Richard, as he's a journalist, he's written for Billboard and stuff. He's been a frequent guest on the show. He's a good friend. And uh, he was like, I want another Brandon solo episode. So I did one not that long ago and it felt so weird. And I was like... <laughs> And I'm like, do people care what I have to say? Like, I, I, but then I'm like, well, yeah, they listen to the podcast, so I guess they do to a certain extent. But, um, yeah, you know, no, that's I, I'm awesome. just, I'm just, uh, but it, I only say it because I was like, it, it was weird. It was a weird feeling to do it again when I'm so used to just having a conversation with all these great people like yourself. Right. Well, I know what you mean. I've been doing a few solo ones, and it is kind of different especially yeah. because they come from the radio world and you're supposed to talk for a minute or less. It's a short period. <laughs> and so when I do a show, I did, let's see. Well, I don't know if you heard, I did one that totally made me think of you, the Metallica one, the most underrated Metallica tracks of all time. Oh yeah. 
And that was about a half an hour long of just me talking. And so it, at first it felt really weird just because I was going against what I've always had to do in radio, <laughs> right. you know, and then to not have a guest on someone to talk with was kind of weird too, but yeah, I've grown to kind of like it. But the thing also about Metallica and about your podcast is that I noticed when I was on, there were people from all over the world who said, oh, I heard you on there. And what's cool is that Metallica is a band that really transcends, you know, where you live and everything. I mean, people all over the world love Metallica. And it's so cool to see people from so many different cultures and countries. Totally. Just yeah. All love Metallica. I know. It's cool seeing. I The only reason, and this is true, the only reason I look at like podcast charts at all is not for like my own ego, like, oh, I'm, I'm this number and this. <laughs> it, but I'm just so fascinated with like, where people actually listen to this show because it's all over the world and it's it's not and i'm not saying that as a uh, a compliment towards myself but as just a to back up your point that like people love Metallica all around the world and i remember i was fortunate enough to go sorry like a handful of years ago i think to costa rica and we did uh zip lining which I was petrified of. I'm not a fan of heights. Oh, I don't like, think I could do that. No. <laughs> and and in Costa Rica, you're like ziplining, and there's like monkeys overhead. I'm like, one of these monkeys oh are gonna, gosh. they're gonna kill me. I think they're gonna kill me. They're <laughs> they're circling. Um, but I was wearing a Metallica t-shirt naturally, and the guy working there's like, oh Metallica, I love them. And I was just, yeah, it doesn't matter where I. And my my wife was like rolling her eyes. She's like, it doesn't matter where you go, like if whether it's you know to uh uh you know a, a school like where like to daycare where my daughter goes or to like uh costa rica on vacation somebody's gonna comment on your dumb metallica shirt <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yeah not, you know. not dumb but yeah no that's so funny <laughs> she didn't true. say dumb either but she didn't say <laughs> dumb either but in fairness to her but yeah it's just it, they are a very much universal band and i did check out that episode Give give us uh without I, I don't want to spoil the whole thing because I want listeners to go seek out that episode. But give us uh one song that you felt is an underrated Metallica song. Well, thank you. Um, for me, my favorite one on the list was "Bleeding Me." Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah, I I mean, I hadn't heard it in a while, and so I went back and I was listening to different ones. And when I heard that again, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That song is so amazing. I mean, there's so many different textures in it. It's like a bunch of different songs in one. And mm -hmm. yeah, that for me was my favorite underrated. Yeah, I think I think that song gets so easily overlooked because it's on load, which was such a polarizing album for certain right? people. Yeah. It, it, people either love it or they're kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, it's there or, or they're like hate it. So I guess it, there's. But no matter what, there's like very strong opinions. The people in the middle just sort of like, eh, whatever. Those are like <laughs> few. And the vocal majority, I think, are either on one of the extremes, you know. But I, for one, love the album. I love that song. That's always been one of my favorite uh, Metallica songs. And it's just in recent years where I feel like it's sort of gotten a new appreciation from some of the diehards. And I think some of it is... Uh, that's a song that the band has not performed a lot in recent years. And I think people are starved to get some of that load reload material back into the live set, especially a song like that, or like the outlaw and torn or fixer from reload, which has never been performed before. They're dying to hear that and bleeding me though. I love that song. And I just think it's, it's such a different Metallica song. Right. But, it still sounds like classic Metallica in so many ways mm -hmm. with the, it's almost like it's dark yet relaxing and mellow and then very soulful with the vocals. And I always think that Hatfield has a very underrated soulful voice and then the build to the chorus and then the end it's, just, Oh, I, I could right. talk for two hours just about that song. <laughs> I know it's like an opus. Am I saying that right? Opus? I think so. Yeah, and I think what I like about it is it's so melodic and like you mentioned, it's kind of mellow and kind of different from Metallica because they yeah. obviously, you know, it can be rah, 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 Metallica and then they have their ballads, but this was different. This was like an anthem. It was just yeah. very different. And I agree. It's funny because people were tweeting at me about that show, about that 
podcast and with Bleeding Me, they were kind of saying what you were like. Some people were like, oh, I hate that album load. I hate that album. <laughs> and then other people were like, what do you mean you hate it? Bleeding Me is on it, you know? So I think yeah. you're right that it's a very polarizing record, I, but not as bad as Lulu. <laughs> no, no, nothing's as bad as Lulu. Um, but I think it all just depends on when you got into the band. Like for me, I was in sixth grade when Load came out. So that was like my middle school years, like Load, Reload. So that was sort of like the metal guy I grew up with in a lot of ways. So I think I have, um, you know, fonder memories of that than the 80 metalheads who were diehard coming up with, you know, the Bay Area thrash metal scene in the early 80s and stuff who, you know, heard a song like Bleeding Me and they were like, I just want you to play Whiplash and Master Puppets. <laughs> right. <laughs> So in addition to the podcast, you have your band Upon Wings. Uh, you recently released a new single. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it was very exciting because lately with Upon Wings, we've been doing mainly, let's see, last year we did a version of Amazing Grace with Corey Lowry from Seether, which was really cool. And it was kind of a charity single around when COVID was first hitting everyone and that sort of thing. And then we've right. done holiday tracks because they're really cheesy has metallica they have to have done some holiday stuff they actually have not oh my gosh that is a missed yeah. opportunity <laughs> i mean never say never it took halford uh a few decades and he eventually did one you know never say never you know there might be one in the in the future it's hard though for me to picture james hetfield doing too many festive tracks though i gotta say right that's true but Regardless, we've done some holiday stuff and some more acoustic stuff, but really upon wings, when I started the band, it was all about heavier stuff, the heavy guitars with a more operatic vocal, kind of like, I guess what you hear with European female led metal type bands. And so I was excited to put something new out that is heavy again. And so Eternal Away is the name of the track. And we have guest vocals from Ralph Sheepers of German power metal bands, Primal Fear and Gamma Ray, mm -hmm. awesome. which I'm not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work. I yeah. wasn't until last year, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I'm the biggest Primal Fear Gamma Ray fan, but I, I know their music. Right. Yeah, last year I just discovered Primal Fear with their new record, Metal Commando, and then I heard their older stuff, and I could not believe his vocals. He is so, um, he's such an amazing yeah. vocalist. I mean, just one of the best I've heard, and so I was really stoked to get him on the track singing with me, and then we have Max from, he's the lead touring guitarist from Falling in Reverse doing a guitar solo in it, and I can't pronounce his last name. <laughs> That's why he's just Max. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and so it all just kind of came together we recorded it in different places obviously like many people are doing during the pandemic and even when there isn't a pandemic just with the modern way and stuff and so we have it out there and there's a music video and people can check that out at uponwings.com and hopefully you've awesome. seen it hopefully you dig it yeah, it's a cool song. It's a cool video. Check it out. I, there'll definitely be a link in the episode description. I'm curious, how did, how did that co collaboration come to be? Yeah, so with Ralph, I reached out to him because I just kind of when I was done with the song, it wasn't really going to be a duet, but then I just kept envisioning it. Wow, this would sound cool as a duet. And Ralph is just so good. And so I reached yeah. out to him. And he was willing to do it. He was home, obviously, from touring yeah. because there was no touring and stuff. So that's how that happened. And then with Max, uh, our producer, Kevin Jardine, who also did the other guitars, the main guitars in the song, he's oh, yeah. in Canada. And he actually grew up with Max. And so he was going to do the solo. And he said, hey, do you mind if I have my buddy do it who's in town? And then he told me who he was. So I was like, yeah, I have no problem with that at all. And Max did a really great solo. I really like it. So that's, yeah, awesome. that's kind of how that came together. Now you're in the Detroit area, correct? Yep. So what, what are, what is the concert situation there still? I mean, in most places they're non-existent 
obviously, but they're just, they're starting to be some tour announcements now. They're starting to be, uh, you know, a, a random show here or there in certain places. So is there anything going on or announced for around you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. So we are one of the more, I guess, strict states, you know, when it comes yeah. to guidelines and stuff like that. So I do see some tours and some bands doing club shows in Florida or Texas or places yeah. like that. We don't, you know, really have that up here right now. But when it comes to, for me, when I see Live Nation booking a big show, that to me is a sign, right. you know, yeah. more than like an independent venue or booker, that sort of thing. When I see totally. Live Nation and I'm seeing them moving some tour dates that were supposed to be in Detroit at the bigger venues from June to the end of the summer. And so the fact that they're not moving it to next year into yeah. instead August, September, October, I think is a really good sign. And it's yeah. a little nerve wracking because it's been so long, but I'm ready for live music to be back, but it's definitely, definitely a little nerve wracking, you know? <laughs> I know I've had, I've had a few buddies and stuff text me like, did you hear about this tour announcement? Like our tour is happening. I'm like, well, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I'm like, but it's, hopefully a good sign you know like uh hopefully it's based on some kind of data like you know the yeah. the numbers here we expected this number of people to be vaccinated and mm -hmm. that that type of thing hopefully there's some science backing up these decisions because i'm be. there has to be i mean i i know where the state i'm in right now i'm in connecticut and by the end of may they are basically lifting all restrictions other than mask inside and we have been we have like you know since last march when everything went down we have they've been very strict with things so mm -hmm. now they're just like by the end of may there's like two stages and by may 20 whatever 28th or something like that uh restaurants bars event venues are going to be able to be full capacity even. Wow. So they're like not even doing, they're even doing with like social distancing. So it's like you hear that and it's almost like a shock to your system now. Like mm -hmm. how is this even a possibility? But then you ho hope like, you know, it's exciting to hear, but you're just hoping it's backed by the science, the data of like, right, all right. Exactly. Like I, cause I want to, I'm eager to get back to shows and concerts, but obviously, um, I don't want to put me or my family <laughs> at any kind of risk. So right. You just hope that it's all going to work out. But I, I was asking because I was just, I, you know, I know you're very involved in uh, between the radio station, the podcast and the bands, like you're very involved. So you would have your finger on the tip of what was going on and around there. And, uh, and I'm just noticing like, you know, there's trying to be tour announcements for like the summer or fall. It's like, oh, that's, you know, we're already in May's next week. We're already, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're summer's almost already here. So <laughs> I guess, I mean, all I can think of is that with these vaccines, when people get vaccinated, it takes about, I mean, depending on which one you get, if you get a two dose, it's about six weeks. It seems from when you get your first dose to when you're fully vaccinated, yeah. five or six, depending on if it's Pfizer or Moderna, maybe they're just, the data is showing that enough people are going to be vaccinated in the next six weeks or something. I don't know. It's just, I know yeah. it's definitely a shock to the system, but it's very hopeful. Definitely hopeful. And hopefully there's enough, you know, when, when it is full speed ahead for bands, hopefully there's enough, uh, where they'll be able, hopefully there's enough places still standing where people, where bands can actually, you know, book shows and book tours. Cause the, I think the only other possible problem is that you're going to have every band wanting to book shows at the same time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like everybody's eager to play. Everybody's eager to see shows, which is not a bad problem to have necessarily, but you know, <laughs> but also just the having, you know, unfortunately this bad part, one of the many bad parts of all this was there's going to be less places to play. You know, a lot of clubs and theaters have, you know, I, I'm not sure how many have survived or will survive the last year of having zero events. So uh, that's so true. It's so sad, especially with the independent venues. Yeah, it's really sad. In fact, one of our venues in Flint, the machine shop, they did a thing where they were selling merchandise to raise money. And so I bought merch and a lot of people did. And they seem like they're going to be back in 
doing fine. So that's great news. But I'm also seeing, I just saw today a venue kind of by where I am that is going to be a sports bar now. And Mm. it's just, yeah, I wonder a lot of those independent venues, if they're going to make it. Yeah. I, I really hope that most make it through because I mean, there's such a, a necessity Right. You know, especially for like the metal scene where you only have a handful of bands that are playing bigger venues realistically. Yeah, that's so true. You know, like in, you know, and those are the bands that are going to be fine through all this. You know, like the Metallicas and the Iron Maidens, they're, they've been fine for financially for the last year, you know, but mm-hmm. it's the smaller bands where it's like, you know, they might be legends, but they might've had to take in a day job or, you know, and uh, you know, just to get by because their livelihood, it was taken away. And now if there's less places for them to perform, it can be a, it can be a scary situation. So I, I, I'm, I'm staying optimistic. I, I didn't mean to be the Debbie downer there, but <laughs> you know, it, yeah, <laughs> but it, it, you know, it, it, it is something that, uh, uh, was on my mind earlier today when I was seeing all these, uh, tour announcements and whatnot. Like I think seven dust might've just announced something and, they um, did. yeah, yeah. I saw that. so there's, there it's happening. It's happening on, on, on a small level anyway. So hopefully fingers crossed, this means it's we're we're moving in the right direction. <laughs> I know. I really hope so. It's going to be, I mean, I can't even imagine my first show back. It's going to be so hopefully wonderful. I mean, hopefully yeah. we won't be, I, I mean, I think honestly in the beginning, at least for me, it will be a little weird. I think for most people, it'll yeah. be just different because it's been over a year where we haven't had a big anything, a huge sporting event, unless they're mm-hmm. sitting 500 feet away from someone or right and so the first show where you're able to be really tight with everyone and stuff i think it's going to be so weird but hopefully in a good way yeah i think it's going to be really weird like i sense a lot of trepidation at first but by the end i think it's gonna be a really emotional moment for a lot of people to you know experience that again because it's such a uh release and almost like a religion for a lot of us that to go to these shows and follow these bands and uh you know, and and I and I think too one of the pros of everybody being home is that we're going to get a, an influx of a lot of great new music cuz I think a lot of bands have been writing and or recording and yeah. the, and they're going to want to tour behind that stuff so um but yeah it, it's like I said fingers crossed we're all just moving in the right direction with all yeah this. and you're right i think it will be an emotional and just wonderful thing for people because i know for me the past year i realized how much i do go to concerts and how yeah. much it is kind of my enjoyment i yeah. it seems like i work and go to concerts that's what i realized the past <laughs> week or the past a year whoa without concerts my life doesn't have much um <laughs> fun stuff <laughs> i know it's funny because i went through like several months of no shows because i just had had a child and so it's not like i was like oh mm-hmm. baby's a week old time to go to the club no, and see this you. yeah <laughs> not i it was not that situation at all so it was you know several months of uh right. not seeing any shows so then i was uh finally i got like a couple of tickets to see a couple of shows in new york city with a couple of buddies and then COVID happened. The shows never happened. Oh wow! <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I guess the, that's on hold for that. That's on hold for maybe a month or two. Because back in March, you're like, yeah, I don't, you know, everything got postponed for like two weeks, and then a month, and then you're like, oh, who knows when this is gonna end? And then when the reality hits, like, oh, this is not ending. And I was like, oh, yeah, guess I'm, guess we'll try again next year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So are you saying that you hadn't seen a concert even well before this happened? I think the last time I saw a show, I'm trying to think, it might have been, my daughter was born in October. So it was probably maybe like that spring before. Okay. Oh, wow. So it's been more like two years for yeah, you it's probably been close to two years i can't even think off the top of my head like what the last like i mean i've seen like live music at places but like the first like actual concert right. like i 
you know, bought a ticket for. It's been a couple of years now, I think. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you'll really be ready. My last one was actually, it was kind of a long time ago too, because it was Tool, their Fear Inoculum tour mm, at Little yeah. Caesars Arena in Detroit, which was so good. It was yeah. if, if there was one final big concert. <laughs> That's not a bad <laughs> one to go see. out on. Yeah. Yeah, next to Metallica, of course, but uh, it was so good. But I think that was in October, no, or November of 2019. Oh, wow. So it's been a long time for me, too, a year and a half at least. Well, it's going to be so great when we have that moment. Like I said, fingers crossed it's this summer or fall or, you know, I don't, I don't want to think past the fall. But um, we, speaking of touring and playing music there was a headline this week about uh jason newstead our fellow four stringer in arms our base brother yeah our base <laughs> brother i'm sure if we spoke to him he'd be like oh yeah brandon and ann are definitely my base brothers he would wholeheartedly agree i know he would and, uh, <laughs> but he there was a article out i'm not sure the original source of the article i'm not sure if you do um, it was an, I I actually actually maybe I do I, I think it was an interview with like a Florida newspaper or something yeah I have it here actually Florida Daily Post Florida Daily Post Florida Daily Post and he made a statement that he Right, or even Voivod, he brought up any of those yeah. metal bands. Yeah, I mean, I do remember when he uh, quit the band back in 2001, I almost said three, back in 2001, uh, he did make note of, like, the physical strains he had put on his body from, like, just, I mean, when you headbang that does damage and when you headbang with a heavy ass base around your neck (laughs) and on your back that's gonna do even more damage there's not too many bands who uh spent years headbanging who in their 40s 50s 60s are still able to headbang from metallica to slayer to megadeth to like all those big four bands you know I, i think there's only so much headbanging left among those ranks um and i know that but he had but after materially he did have little stints with like voivod and then his own band newstead and he went on tour with ozzy osbourne so i mean there was like a heavy aspect to it now uh after metallica but now it does not seem like he even really has maybe all that much interest in playing metal music yeah i mean it's interesting to me because I often think of vocalist. I've interviewed vocalist where older ones and they say, well, their range isn't what it used to be. And I've heard that and I, you know, I'm a vocalist. And so, so far that hasn't happened to me, but I'm always worried. Oh man, you know, I'm going to lose my range. And I don't know, some vocalists seem okay. It's really random, but I never really thought of it from the perspective of a bassist. But it does make sense. And I think that a lot of musicians, guitarists and bassists and stuff and drummers do have long-term kind of injuries, obviously, just from it really is hard on your body. I remember seeing a documentary about Wilco quite a long time ago. And their guitarist, he was icing himself every night and in a lot of pain. And I just feel like it makes sense. I mean, when I heard that, it makes sense, but I really like Jason as a metal oh, yeah. bassist. I think he's so yeah. good. Yeah, I know he has been playing like random small shows where he's been doing like acoustic folk stuff, which is interesting. I don't know if you've seen any of it online. I mean, it's good. It's just very uh, not what you'd expect from the basis of Metallica right. <laughs> and Flotsam yeah. and Jetsam and you know, and for somebody who played with Voivod and Ozzy and all these people, but I mean, it, it is, I, it, so it's interesting to see him make that public statement too, especially since he's not a very public guy these days. Yeah. I never see him in many interviews or anything like that. Yeah. 
But if he's happy doing the lighter music, then that's good. And I know that yeah. I think you can kind of get tired with your genre a little bit sometimes, no matter. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, maybe from a creative standpoint, it's fulfilling to him as well to branch out, even if we're like, no. <laughs> oh, I'm no, I'm sure 100%. And I, I like seeing people branch out. I mean, even, you know, Metallica themselves, like every album sounds like Metallica, but every album's different. And when you look, you know, we were talking before about, you know, load being a polarizing album. Well, that's because that album is drastically different than Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning and Master Puppets and Just for All. Just like the Black album was very different. And then right. Load Reload was, you know, they keep on going through these phases. And I like that. I get tired of, I, you know, I, I like a band like ACDC Slayer, I have a lot of respect for those bands because they have their signature sound and they're really good at it. But I also, you know, get tired of hearing basically the same album i like you know, i like a band that mm-hmm. can have uh, a variety or um surprise you with something or uh, take a risk like you we mentioned lulu before i'm not saying like i'd rather listen to lulu over a lot of other albums but i <laughs> appreciate the fact that they did the album that it exists and that you know they were able to do that experiment with lou reed so like i appreciate things like that so if he wants to play branch out I'm all for it. I I would hands down pay money to see him do a folk acoustic show. I like folk and country western anyway, so especially the old school stuff. So I, I like that stuff anyways, but it's just uh it is uh quite the departure. And I'm sure a lot of metalheads would see it and be like, What are you doing? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a good point though about Metallica that the records, they never are the exact same. And it does kind of set them apart from some of the other heavy metal bands. Yeah. And I agree that Lulu, even though, I mean, I, I didn't care for Lulu and I think obviously a lot of people didn't, but I think it's really great that they did that and that they took that risk. And mm-hmm. I mean, Lou Reed, he passed away not long after that too. Right. It was one of his yeah, last, I think it was, I think it was the last album he ended up okay doing if I'm, I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, you know, it was an album that they were all proud of. And so, I mean, more power to them, you know. Obviously, not a lot of people <laughs> shared that sentiment. <laughs> but, but you know, I think one one of the reasons why I like Metallica so much is that, you know, they have these opportunities and the ability to do a lot of things that I don't think any other metal band could get away with or would even want to attempt in the first place. You know, even doing, like, full acoustic shows um there's so many metal bands that i've heard try to do acoustic and it's just like a little cringeworthy depending Mm -hmm. on the band because it's like you know like either either the arrangement's exactly the same just on acoustic instruments so it falls flat or the voice is just not there you know for like the for that style of music there's and then there are other bands that do it really well but in in i think metallica does it really well or you know playing with the orchestra or you know experimenting with like country western or blues or uh like they did on load and reload like i I, you know there's things that they are willing to try for better or for worse that i don't think other metal bands would uh either be able to or be willing to definitely i agree 100 percent so you you had this idea for uh, a Metallicast episode. I was like, well, you know, think of a topic. I want to have you back on, and you were and you came up with the idea of Metallica merch, which is not something I had really even thought of. But I think it's such a fascinating thing because there's so much merchandise out there right now, um, and, and I think when I think there's probably there's got to be more Metallica merchandise out now than ever before in metallica history it, you have all these like legendary bands like metallica and iron maiden who you know have shoes and pajamas and like <laughs> ev- ev- you know just like every like beers yeah yeah like beers and this and that and mm-hmm. you know so i think it's uh, it, i was like let's let's uh choose maybe what we think is a really some really cool examples of merchandise and some really bad or at least weird and quirky examples of merchandise so i'm really interested to see what you came up with i for one and i I, i'm just gonna sound like a complete bias metallica fan here (laughs) i for one think uh, 
and this is another reason why I do love the band. I really do not think they put their name on too much stuff that is, uh, I would consider like garbage. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of merchandise out there that I don't have an interest in because it's not something I would wear or it's not something that is of interest to me. Like I don't have any interest in getting a Metallica skateboard or surfboard or, uh, cause, but I see, I know that there is, you know, an audience out there for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that they, at least what they put out there is generally like a good quality product and they usually, you usually get your money's worth, I think out of it. But I did, I did find something that I was like, I, I had no clue that existed. And, uh, it's such an odd thing to me as a Metallica nerd, but we'll get into that. So I'm, I'm interested to see what you came up with. So should we start with, uh, the good, the bad, or the ugly? Man, we, we should mix it up a little bit. All right. Let's I'm start with for a that. few of the good things. I have a list here. So you go first. All right. Let's see. I found some stuff on Etsy, which I feel like that would be unlicensed. I'm assuming, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe are they allowed to do that? Um, They're selling it. (laughs) I don't know. It's probably one of those don't ask, (laughs) don't tell things, you know? Right. So actually, I won't talk about any of that stuff. Their official, I went to their official merch section and they have so much stuff. I could not, they have more merch than definitely any band I've ever seen. They have yeah. so much merch, but except maybe I for Kiss, like... Kiss has to have more. Oh, you're right, you're right, Kiss. But I mean, that's like their <laughs> whole—that's like their whole thing, you know. They're the only band that can be like, we have a coffin, we have condoms, we have God knows what else. <laughs> I, I don't even—I don't think a grave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so for me, like, I really like the baby stuff. Did you get any Metallica baby stuff for your baby? I did. So I got a couple <laughs> gifts. I got, um, I actually did not buy anything myself, but we had, because we just were lucky and got, like, a bunch of hand-me-down stuff and nice gifts from family and friends. But wow, that's great. I know. But uh, I got a, a amazing onesie that says, uh, M is for Metallica. And then it's the Kill 'Em All album cover, but instead of blood and hammer, it's milk and bottle. And then at the oh. bottom it says "spill 'em all." Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> that is it, so uh, cute. I love it. It is amazing. <laughs> and know what's funny too is like, you know, like back in like my college days when you know I saw like Metallica ones, I'd be like, I'm not against that, but that's like so weird. Like, and then as you get older and you're like, and you have a kid, you're like, obviously I'm buying them all the Metallica baby stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I've always loved the, the baby band stuff. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I actually, I saw, I have down the Metallica onesie because they had a few on their site and they were all really cute. And then they had a Metallica baby food set or something with a cup and a spoon. Yeah, I saw that with like the with like the building blocks with I the didn't letters. See those. Oh. <laughs> I did like the one uh there was a onesie that I saw and it says Metallica and it has a bunch of like crayons on it and it says Crayon Lord instead <laughs> of like I guess a spin on Phantom Lord from Kill 'em All. Wow, that that's awesome. Yeah, and then um I like puzzles. I think that these bands have really epic puzzles and especially the past year yeah. when there was not much to do. So they had a bunch of Metallica jigsaw puzzles that I thought were cool. And picks are always fun. Pint glasses, shot glasses, pen. And I could not find, though, a Metallica phone cover. And I feel like that's a missed opportunity. But maybe I just did not see it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see one. But I it has to exist out there. There's no way that there's not a Metallica phone cover. That's what there. I was thinking. Um, yeah, I like the... Uh, I just completely lost my train of thought. Metallica phone cover. No, it wasn't that... And you know what? This is the part where I joke about editing this out, and I'm not going to edit it out. It's going to be warts and all, and it's <laughs> going to be warts and all. Um, I'll you think know, of it. I think that hoodies too, good band hoodies. Yeah, I think I lo- I live in band hoodies pretty much. 
But yeah. also you mentioned that Metallica has good quality merchandise and I would agree with that. And another band that I want to give a shout out is Mastodon. Yeah. And I feel like they have really good quality merch. I'm wearing a Mastodon hoodie right now, but I mean, I have three, no, two or three Mastodon hoodies and I have jogging shorts and like all these different <laughs> Mastodon <laughs> things. And it's all really high quality yeah. stuff. And you wash it a million times and everything's still there. The logo, you know, yeah, doesn't yeah. peel off. And I feel that way about Metallica too. And I just really appreciate that when a band's merch, because let's face it, merch is expensive yeah. these days. I'm all about a good hoodie. That's like part of my uh, daily uniform. It's like t-shirt, jeans, black hoodie. Mm -hmm. And uh, I so I, I love me a good band hoodie. I do think, um, I know what I was going to say before. I say I knew it would come back to me. With the puzzles, they just released a couple new ones that are really cool. And I'm not a big puzzle guy but i do like making them and uh there's some of them that are like i don't know if you've seen the jump in the fire single where it's like the devil surrounded by like flames like in hell hmm, it's i like, think so but they just released a puzzle of that which i think is cool because it's kind of like a a deep cut for diehards mm -hmm. you know and but it's like i was thinking it's gotta be such a hard puzzle to make because it's all just like orange and red flames oh my god like a red really devil or they have like an injustice for all one. I'm like that whole thing is basically like white and gray and black. Like that's got to be a hard one to do that album cover too, because there's just right. so many like similar similarities in all the pieces. It's funny because also for me, I do puzzles with sometimes my little cousins. Love doing puzzles and stuff like that. But I was just thinking, can you imagine me bringing over a puzzle like the one you're describing? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a new puzzle. <laughs> What's that, Auntie Anne? That's Check out the flames Satan. and the evil thing. Yeah, yeah that's Satan. Uh, I'll tell you a story about it's Satan. It's an education, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, it goes right into Norwegian black metal, too. So you can you can branch them out beyond Perfect. the Metallica even. Yeah. And, and, that, and what child doesn't love Norwegian black metal? <laughs> that's so weird because I'm Norwegian. And Norwegians, <laughs> I'm convinced, are the nicest people. Because yeah. my dad is the one, I mean, not that my mom's not nice, but my dad is a Norwegian <laughs> one. And all of, I mean, so it's so weird to me that Norway has this black metal history, but yeah, I've never been there. So I've never I been, but it's, it's on my pilgrimage list one day just to go. I would love and, to go to, I hear it's yeah. beautiful. Me too. And then you mentioned um, another thing that stood out to me too. And of course I'm, I'm, I'm really nailing this whole podcast host thing right now. Um, <laughs> you are. Actually, I already went through my full list of the merch I like. I'm already so. If you have any merch, oh, that I know you what I was really going like. to say. So there was. This is not an official product. This is just uh, a stupid black market. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was in my younger days. I was uh, drunk in the back of a cab, and Classy. I yes, I was. <laughs> I listen, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm nothing but class. <laughs> I I put the ass in class. And so I, I'm in a cab, being responsible, going home, and I'm on my phone and uh I'm on Facebook just like scrolling through, zoning out, trying mm -hmm. not to fall asleep in the back of this cab. And uh I come across like, you know, one of the, one of those stupid Facebook ads. Like I always get these ads for like these unofficial black market like t-shirts and posters and yeah some of yeah so i am a big football fan i love the new england patriots and so they had this shirt that was like obviously catered to like my search results and it was like <laughs> was like i am powered by like patriots and metallica <laughs> so like drunk me was like yeah i need that shirt and i bought it but it was like 20 bucks and then I I got it and I and I wear it I've worn it like during for Patriots games and stuff, and but I'm like I just the gross thing is like I just can never wash this shirt because I was like when, when the moment I wash it it's just all going to like dissipate into my dishwash <laughs> into my uh my dishwasher I said in, in my uh, clothes washer I don't wash my di I don't wash my clothes in a dishwasher people I'm just not very good at the English language today. <laughs> That's hilarious, though. No, I think everyone's had that merch from bands where 
like sometimes like a known a band I don't know well or something, I'll get some merch and then you watch it once and it's gone. Yeah. And suddenly it's a plain <laughs> white t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm a sucker for just the classic t-shirts, the hoodies. I, mm-hmm. I love all that stuff. I, my Metallica t-shirt collection was much larger uh back in the day than it is now i have to i have to i I, i'm i always want to like build back up my collection Mm. i have so many i mean i kid you not when i was in middle school high school i had uh i could go a whole month of going to school wearing metallica t-shirt and not repeat wow impressive i had my favorites that i did repeat like my master (laughs) puppets t-shirt and things like that but I had so many T-shirts. Some of them I still have, even though they would never fit me. Some of them um, I do have and I do squeeze into it when I'm feeling confident. And then some of them just kind of went away and uh, disappeared. <laughs> but uh, I had a, I, I was very proud of my T-shirt collection. And I was known in high school as, as just like the guy who liked Metallica. If like I, I if people didn't know me, they at least knew like my face and the fact that I wore a Metallica t shirt every day. Um that's awesome. So I've always been a sucker for that. I, I I am a really big fan too of uh not to sound like a complete alcoholic after my uh cab story, but I am a really big fan of their booze. The the Internite Pilsner from Stone Brewing is a really good beer, I think. Wow. And the and the blackened whiskey, I enjoy a lot. That's and uh, I'm not a big whiskey guy. And I find blackened whiskey is like a little bit lighter. It's like a good, you can drink it on its own. It's a good mix. But I, I, I legitimately like blackened whiskey a lot. And I've bought in a, a, a few bottles of it now, um, especially during uh, COVID. And uh, <laughs> when things were really locked down, and uh, but I really enjoy it. And what I like about it too is that you know, I think Metallica, if any, if they're guilty of anything, it's taking things too far. So instead of doing like the typical, and this is not a knock against other bands, like, uh, but like so many bands now have their own coffee or have their own beer right. or have their own something. And in so many cases, is just sort of like let's throw their logo on it and call it a day type thing. But with, uh, blackened, like they were like, we're going to start our own distillery and like do everything from the ground up. And, uh, so it's not just like Jack Daniels, Metallica whiskey. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's something they actually invested in and, uh, and, you know, brought somebody in to specifically do and create. And I thought it was so weird because, uh, you know, I I work in New York City, so I was in the city um, like last year or earlier this year, whenever it was, and I saw a New York City cab drive by, and the ad on it for was was for Blackened Whiskey, and there's no, no way. and there's no mention of Metallica in the ad. They just advertise it as like Blackened American Whiskey. Um, so oh. I thought that was kind of cool. That's like just. You know, they're not hiding the fact that it's a Metallica thing, but it's just sort of evolved and marketed as be like beyond uh, just a Metallica branded thing. Right. Like it's good enough on its own that just whiskey kind of sewers or whatnot, whether they like Metallica or not, that it would be something that would be on their radar. That's really cool. And actually, when I bought uh, my first bottle, I found it at like a local liquor store. And I went to it and I, you know, I went to the register, not expecting the guy to even know like what it was. And he's like, oh, we've been selling a lot of these. I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, there's like a lot of Metallica fans who want and come in and try it or collect them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, he, it, but he was also saying how Dave Pickrow, who was the uh, distiller, I guess is the correct word, mm-hmm. who they hired to bring in and like basically create the whiskey. He was uh, he's he passed away and he was a really big deal in the whiskey world. He was a really well-known legendary oh, person wow. in that world. So just like whiskey fans wanted to try it because it was the last thing that he had produced before his death. Wow. Yeah. So that guy passed away and Lou Reed passed away after working with Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good trend. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
If I pass I'm away, and you'll know. You'll know why. It's their fault. It's their fault. <laughs> so let's get oh. into the weird stuff. Yeah. Actually, before I get to my weird list, I yeah. did want to mention that, well, I'm sure Metallica has a lot of these, but for my band, Upon Wings, we do have merch. I need to get some more merch, but... One of the things that we sold a lot of and we're pretty much sold out are the uh, skull cat beanies. And oh, yeah. those are really popular. I was surprised. I mean, I went back and forth on whether to get them because just I don't buy a ton of merch or I haven't yet for upon wings. And so I was like, oh, do I do it? It's kind of expensive. And then a lot of people bought them and people sent me photos wearing them because they're actually it. I like merch that is useful. And in the winter yeah. and stuff, these hats were really warm and stuff like that. So they actually came in useful for people, which is nice. Nice. So that's another merch item that I like when bands do beanies. Yeah, I actually have a couple Metallica beanies from back in the day. But, cool. Uh, it, that 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 completed my uh, uh, you know, my winter look for middle school, high school. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, so. I had sweatshirts and I had a jacket too. If for those of you wondering. <laughs> so some of the bad merch for me some of it was just really over or not overpriced because it probably was worth the money but just more that than i would pay did you see this collectible and maybe i don't understand what these things are and why they're so much but collectible rocks rock icons bundle set yeah. with all the band members from the hardware to self-destruct era and it was over 500 dollars. yeah I I remember when that was announced and I and I know there's a lot of collectors out there for that like um you know collectible statues figures um and and, it, and these are really high quality ones mm -hmm. so I thought that I would expect them to be cheap or for there not be a market for it, but I remember them coming out and a lot of people were like that seems steep right I know. Like 500 I like, Does bucks. it come with an autograph from all the band members? Or <laughs> yeah. do the band now, members come with it? <laughs> now, what I'm curious about is it, a, and I don't know if you have this info, is it maybe a limited quantity? Is that why it's so much? It was. I think it was limited to 3,000. Let me look. Yeah. I have it up here on my page if I can find it. What's crazy, though, I bet you, I bet you somewhere on the internet, those statues were bought for $500 and are now being sold for more than that. You're probably right. Yeah. It says 3,000. Only 3,000 created, officially licensed, hand-cast, painted, and numbered. They look yeah. cool. I mean, yeah. you have Lars like propped up on his drum set. He looks yeah. like he's about to fly. <laughs> 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 but it looks really cool. But Man, I mean, over $500? Yeah, would... My goodness. That's for, I mean... I always just think like it cost me like a hundred something last time I saw them live in concert. So to spend mm -hmm. like more money on like collectible statues than to see them live, like I'm For like, sure. eh. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I have a hard time with. There was also a Metallica ring for 300. And if you saw that one, it was a silver. Oh, I saw that, and that was at the top of my list for weird, quirky things because, ah. I mean, one, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about jewelry, but $300 for a sterling silver ring seems pricey. I think so, too. I mean, I'm always surprised by how expensive silver is, and it looks like yeah. a big chunk of silver, but I don't know what percentage of it is like pure, and it still seems like a lot. But what is even weirder about this ring as a Metallica nerd is that it's the Vulturous Sterling Silver Ring. And what's weird about that is that Vulturous is a Metallica song that never was released. Wow. It was like performed a few times live. It was called The Other New Song uh, for those nerds out there listening who are familiar with that. In fact, I did a live stream uh, a while back we looked at the new song and then the other new song well the other new song is vulturous uh they might have had like maybe maybe a t-shirt design back in the day that featured like a vulturous design so it was like a little bit uh of uh i guess a little bit tied to metallica in general but a lot of it came from 
that song that never actually made it to an album, which makes it even weirder that it exists and like you can still purchase it. Like it's still on the Met uh, Met store. You can still purchase it. Um, 300 bucks, which, you know, I, it's a cooler design than my wedding ring. My wedding ring is a very basic, um, like silver band. Cause I just wanted mm-hmm. a basic silver band and I know I didn't spend $300 on it. So, right. No, I mean, <laughs> that, <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't get a Metallica wedding ring. I think that would have been a little <laughs> bit too much. <laughs> I don't, saying. I don't think the wedding would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> but was your groom's cake a Metallica cake? No, I, it was, it was, I I will say it was a Metallica free wedding. It was, it was a Metallica free wedding. Um, I'm pretty sure though, I wore all Metallica to the bar after my wedding for, if that counts at all. (laughs) That counts. You made an appearance. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other item I have is just, there was a kill em all hockey Jersey that was 140 to 150. And I mean, I guess for like a nice, hockey jersey i've never bought a hockey jersey yeah so i guess it'd be worth it maybe that's not too much or whatnot but i just i don't i'm not into the whole hockey jersey band thing look i like the baseball design with bands i think that looks cool but i'm less into the hockey thing yeah i i think it's sort of a weird design choice in general unless if there's like a tie-in like you know, like I could understand Metallica doing uh, like a baseball design if it's connected to like one of their Giants Metallica days that they do like oh, yeah, annually. Yeah. But I, I know what you're talking about. Like there's just random sports designs out there for bands of like, here's a hockey jersey and like, or like a, I'm like, that's, but there's no like real connection to <laughs> hockey. Is there like, are they just hockey fans or are they just have like a, large canadian fan base i'm I'm confused here i don't know i don't really know but i'm with you i i i mean that's i that was the main thing i came across was that it was just you know what as a diehard metallica nerd what am i willing to spend on these things and like for me it's not worth spending over 100 bucks for a metallica hockey jersey or spending 500 dollars for uh, Metallica statue figure collection or, um, you know, definitely not $300 on like a s- silver ring. But I, I do understand that there is a uh, audience for those things. Mm-hmm. I do understand that. I, I think it's, it, you know, they're not ugly. They're not uh, uh, poorly made. It's just right. not my preference. Yeah, no, I think that's well put. So, and nowadays, I mean, with the pandemic thing, I think, buying band merch is such a good way to support bands not the metallica 100%. you know needs that they're so yeah, successful yeah, yeah. and everything but in general i've been buying more band merch of smaller bands too yeah i mean just in general before covid too I, so many oh, bands yeah. have to uh smaller bands make you know a bulk of their money from touring and from merch mm-hmm. um you know album sales are basically non-existent uh, with streaming and you can only make so much from streaming. So I mean, that's really, you know, the best way to do it. I think if you want to support bands, especially smaller bands and sites out there like Bandcamp are great for that, um, you know, to facilitate, uh, you know, merch sales and album sales for yeah, that's where all these artists. Up yeah. There yeah. They, I, I've had a, a few bands on here who have, uh, have stuff through them. And, and I know Bandcamp too is doing some, pretty generous uh sales at least at the start of COVID, to help out the artists and uh, it was nice to see like a platform put musicians first in that regard yeah well i think we did it i think we went through (laughs) a a good chunk of metallica merch we talked about jason newstead we talked we get so we looped in the bass talk it's like a continue it was a perfect continuation of our bass talk from the first time you were on if you did not hear our conversation last time definitely go back and check it out and and please tell everybody where they can find you where they can find upon wings um, and the best way to support you and the band oh thank you you can find upon wings at uponwings.com and also follow us on Spotify. We're on there. You can find our channel and 
Twitter and Facebook is Upon Wings. And you can find just all of that at uponwings.com and merch, which is a good way to support us. And then for me, you can find me on, if you go to itsmeann.com, which is a little weird too. I just spell it out. It makes it easier. It's I-T-S-M-E-A-N-N-E.com. It'smeann.com. You can find my Twitter and Snapchat and Facebook and all that fun stuff. And search Audio Inc. Radio and Ann Erickson, and then you should find my podcast, the Audio Inc. Radio podcast. And you'll probably also see this podcast pop up because when you search my name, yours <laughs> pops up too. <laughs> awesome. And there will be several links in the episode description. So many of those things will be just an easy click away for all of you listening. And thank you so much for uh, coming back on. I was so happy that we could finally figure out a good time for you to come back and a fun topic to discuss. This was not a... The, the, what I love about Metallica, I know I keep on gushing about them, right? I'm like such a fanboy, <laughs> but I, I actually got my one of the best. I've I've said this before on the show, but one of my best uh, negative Apple Podcast reviews was like was like one star, epitome of a fanboy, makes me hate being a fan of Metallica. What? And I was and I was like, I just die laughing. I don't know what they expect when they hear like a fan podcast about a specific band like did did they were they tuning into a podcast called metallica's be like let me tell you about metallica they suck i hate them i don't, I don't know what they were expecting but i, well, I, I think too that i died laughing i think there's no shame in being a fan and i'll never forget i don't know if we have time for this little story of course but go ahead i um yeah i was photographing you too which they put on a great show i know that you yeah. two Metallica fans aren't necessarily U2 fans, but I was blown away. Metallica are big fans of U2, though. Lars Ulrich is a massive U2 fan. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, they their live show blew me away, and I was not expecting that. But when I went to photograph one of their shows, Beck opened. And when I was... So I shot Beck, and then when U2 took the stage, this guy kind of ran in front of me, and he was all excited, and he was kind of jumping up and down. And watching the show and it was back watching you too oh, wow. he was so excited <laughs> and i'll never forget that moment i was like you know what no matter how famous or big or whatever you are it's okay to be a fan yeah totally i think it was wasn't it uh dave Grohl? i think that they uh got caught like on a cell phone camera like in the audience it might have been for a metallica show even and he was like headbanging singing everywhere <laughs> but he was just like in the crowd like people were just standing next to him like, oh, oh wait, that's Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. It's, yeah. They're not jaded. That's what I like. They're not jaded by that. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, the whole point of doing things like this is to nerd out. So everybody out there and with your Apple podcast reviews, just relax. <laughs> Who has time to leave a negative review for a podcast anyways? It's free and to listen to. And it's- yeah. It's fun. And <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you put on a great podcast. So please, again, check out the links in the episode's ep- ep- episode description. I'm fumbling all over my words today. And uh, <laughs> Anne does not fumble over her words on Audio Inc. Radio podcast, by the way. Whatever. <laughs> and uh, also check out the links for Upon Wings and check out some of their great merch and help support uh and in upon wings any way you can if you're a fan of the music so and again thank you this was awesome well thank you so much i had a great time as always and you have a great show so i'm very honored to be on and i'll be back anytime so anytime you want to talk about metallica or anything bass related <laughs> awesome we'll try to do it again before another uh year passes and before another pandemic <laughs> <laughs> oh god help us <laughs> yes <laughs> A big thank you for Anne for coming back on Metallicast. Make sure you check out the links in the episode description. Check out Upon Wings. Check out Audio Inc. Radio Podcast. Support her and all of her projects. She does great work with each one. 
And please give her a follow, Ann Erickson, on social media. In her website, it's meann.com. Follow Metallicast on social media at MetallicastPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let Ann and I know about some of your favorite, least favorite, sought-after Metallica merch stuff that you would never spend your money on. Let us know. Again, at MetallicastPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're new to the podcast, make sure that you download the episodes. Make sure you give me a subscription. Make sure you leave a positive five-star review in Apple Podcasts. All that goes a long way in helping the podcast continue to grow. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Middle up your ass. Yeah. Fans not experts.